You could listen to one of those other stations, but what would your friends think? You could listen to one of those other stations, but what would your friends think? She's she's the the boss. boss. Radio Network. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the Blue Room. I'm your host, So Blue, and you are tuned in to another edition of my podcast, Brought to you by She's the Boss Radio. Our mission here is to provide a fun atmosphere for positivity and an enlightening conversation with just a splash of gossip and tea. So kick back and relax because we got a lot to chat about tonight. I must first start my episode with wishing everyone a happy Black History Month. I can't believe it is February. Like January just came and went like it was New Year's and now it's February the 1st. Like that's how my brain is still working. I don't know about y'all, but <laughs> yeah, that's definitely how my brain is working. So happy Black History Month. Um, I love February, not only just because it is Black History Month, but it's just such a fun, loving month. Um, love for our culture. If you have a little boo thing, Valentine's Day is coming up, so fun and love for you and your relationships is always good so happy february everybody tonight we have an interesting show i am solo dolo tonight and in honor of black history month and all the things that is just going on in the news and the media right now with our culture i wanted to talk to you guys tonight about we the people and our black lives matter um we the people because for those of us who remember social studies, um, we all know one of our um, constitutional documents starts with we the people. And that phrase, although it tries to lean towards including um, every race, right? It's hard when we go through weeks like what we've recently went through in the news of really feeling like we the people includes us black people too. So tonight I'm getting into a little bit of that conversation and I also just want to give some encouragement y'all like it's our month and the fact that our month started with such a rocky rocky story that I'm definitely about to just get into um, it's it's time for some encouragement and it's time for um, me just to say a few things as a black girl growing up in Maryland growing up Um, Even though I have family in the South, I know about um, just how the South can be sometimes and the difference in race from down there to up here. And I just I want to just get into all the things. So without further ado, let's go ahead and hop into my So True segment. Um, And this month, I'm definitely going to be leaning towards my inspirational quotes to come from African-American artists, authors, um, and of people of, you know, our culture. So tonight it reads, you're not to be, you're not to be so blind with patriotism that you can't face reality. Wrong is wrong, no matter who does it or who says it. And our favorite brother, Malcolm X, said that. So to repeat, because I love this so much, you're not to be so blind with patriotism that you can't face reality. Wrong is wrong, no matter who does it or who says it. Um, And the story that, of course, I was mentioning earlier is our dear brother Tyree Nichols, who's a 29-year-old black man in Memphis, Tennessee, 
We all saw the footage on social media over the weekend leading up into our blessed Black History Month of our brother just being beat by five police officers in Memphis, Tennessee um, during a traffic stop, a usual traffic stop. Our brother was on the ground for a good two, three minutes in handcuffs while five black cops, mind you, were just stomping him and beating him. Um, And I can't lie, um, my personal thoughts when I saw the video, my first was anger. Because whenever I see situations like this pop up on my social media feed, my first inclination is to look at the color of the officers, right? I'm like, what? which one are they? And even if they're light brownish, I'm looking at their face next, like, are you Latino? Are you Hawaiian? Are you just mixed? Like, what's who? who's who, right? So when that finally clicked for me that, okay, these are black officers beating on a black man, my stomach, like sank my heart sank to my stomach just because I was just like no this can't be it you know what I'm saying and seeing a brother get beat up by police officers in general is terrible but it it made it worse when I noticed that the officers who were beating him were of the culture were black officers um and later Tyree did die in the hospital so they did get him to the hospital but of course it's too late because he had close to a thousand pounds in weight of men just beating on him for long periods of time. Um, So not only was I angry when I first had my first thoughts about this, but I was sad, mostly sad because you can just hear Tyree calling out for his mother, calling out for help. Nobody's coming to help. The people of color you're expecting to help are not. They're actually the violators violating this man. And then it just made me sad because it's the beginning of the year. <laughs> like, where we didn't even get to finish out the whole month of January without some sort of police brutality going on. And such a major story at that. Um, it just, it made me sad. It made me sad just to see it, to look at it. I watched interviews of Tyree's mother, and her name is Rovan Wells, and his stepfather, Rodney Wells. I've been watching the videos of their hurt, watching them cry on the news, and the anger in me is just, when we saw these these situations prior to this, they were, of course, white officers and things like body cam footage and things like all these statements of what was happening and everything were not released as quickly and so quick to get into the news as this one. You know, like we had body cam footage within the first 24 hours. We had we had all these statements and everything and inclinations from people within the office of why the police officers were beating on him. All these things within 24 hours. And it can't you can't help but to gear yourself self up to think like, is it because they're black? Is it because these officers are black that everything just. Yep. Here's the body cam footage. Yep. These black men definitely beat up this man. Yep. They all get the charges. All of them get the same charges. Not even, like, when you look at George Floyd, you got one officer who got one charge, and then the other officer who was standing off to the side that didn't do much, oh, he just gets a little slap on the wrist. No, all these black officers, whether they they threw one punch or threw a million kicks, all of them got the same charges for the same amount of time. And for me, that part was the annoying part. Um, 
I have to bring up an article that I was um, looking into. It came from NPR, and um, Brother Nichols, his funeral was just yesterday. And so some of the people that were at the funeral was um, our vice president, Kamala Harris, and we also have um, the Reverend Al Sharpton, who was there, and he did the eulogy for this funeral. And um, one of the things that, that really stood out to me was that Al Sharpton, he said, let, let me be clear, we understand that there are concerns about public safety. We understand that there are needs to deal with crime, but you don't fight crime but becoming criminals yourselves. And that's how I want us to look at this situation is everybody's hurt, everybody's upset, and I'm so glad to hear. I do know there's been protests and everything going on since this incident happened. But I'm so glad to hear that as a community, we learned our lesson from George Floyd, right? Everybody was so upset and devastated by that. But during our protest of speaking out and saying that we want justice, a lot of us died or got involved in additional criminal charges when all we were doing were just trying to speak for our justice. So I admire... Reverend Sharpton for even putting that out like you don't have to fight crime by becoming criminals yourselves you don't have to put your livelihood in jeopardy to get your point across right um and I really I really admired that the oppression our people face on a daily basis is so so real and it makes it makes you even sadder to think that we have black officers in the force that you would hope in certain neighborhoods would be on our side, but they're not. And the reason why I love this quote about Malcolm X is because he puts a reminder in our face that um, that anyone living in America, that our black lives still matter in this country, and that no matter if it's a white person that's oppressing a black person or a black person oppressing a black person, like Malcolm X said, wrong is wrong no matter who does it or who says it period. So if anything, I'm not upset that the the five black officers were charged. If anything, I'm just upset that the people that were charged were black. <laughs> that, made, that made me sad. Do I feel like they don't deserve the charges they got? No, they absolutely deserve 100% of what they got. But it's, a, it's the fact that it's another five black men becoming a statistic in America that's validating the stereotypes that our counterparts like to put on us, right? That's the part that made me sad. So one of the questions I wrote in my journal when I was coming up with our conversation for tonight is what is the vibe African-Americans provide to the world today? Um, and I'll get more into that into my next segment, but that's my overall general question I was asking myself. It's like, what vibe are we putting out as a people of how we want to be represented Right. And one of the things that came to my mind is when we're acting right. OK, that's the disclaimer. When we're acting right, we provide a creative vibe. And one thing that I want to celebrate about our culture and our people is that our pain has always been transformed into the beauty of who we are as people. When you look at um, the clothes we wear, the way we set trends with hairstyles, all the things, all those things come from some sort of 
part from our homeland, from where our ancestors and everything came from. So when you think about that, the creativity that we bring to the world, the way that, you know, yeah, it angers us, but other races can't help but try to do our their hair like how we do it. Or they can't help but try to, you know, twerk like how we twerk or dance like how we dance. They can't help it because our creativity, the pain and, and, and the anguish that came from us at one point being suppressed from being creative to now where we are today to have the avenues to be creative, our counterparts can't help but envy that. They can't help but want to, yeah, let me try to do that too. Um, so I, I can't help but celebrate us for that. Um, our clothes, like I said, the makeup, our music, okay? Let's not even start on the music and how you have singers like Christina Aguilera, who's one of my favorite, favorite uh white singers, if, or she's not even white. She's technically Latina, right? But white, right? One of my favorite white singers who has the most soulful voice in everything, but can I tell you all those runs, all the riffs and everything, the the soul that you can sometimes hear in her voice, can I tell you if you ask her who inspires her, it's going to be a black artist. It's going to be the artist who started songs in the soul like that, like Aretha Franklin and Whitney Houston, our artists from our time that made actual history with the music they created, that's who they tried to mimic. And another thing I have to admire us for is our pride in community. As a culture, we have a closeness that's incomparable to others. And when I say it like that, Sometimes it's hard to see it because black-on-black crime is a thing, right? It's a thing that we constantly think about. It's a thing that we constantly strive not to go towards. At the same time, though, the fact that we're so close and we all can relate to each other so much that the anger of us wanting to kill each other is a thing, or even if you look at the brighter side of it, the fact that, you know, we have the, the family aspect, our home values, how we like to aspire to build our homes on. Those are all things that, again, our counterparts look at and, and want. They look at shows like Family Matters that are on reruns right now on major networks, right? Shows like Family Matters, The Cosby Show, all those shows are literally how the black home is. And then also, it's what the white people or the other people of other races look towards to be like, that's the template. That's the template. So then we get shows like Full House or you'll get shows like Roseanne that have those same closeness as far as community and family value, but it's not the same as us. And we started, we started the trend. Again, we started the trend with just how we naturally are as a community, our pride for community and sticking together and always looking out for each other, right? Always speaking to each other. That's one thing. When I mentioned the South earlier, first off, um, my family, both sides, my mom and my dad are from North Carolina. So North Carolina is like my second home. And when I, what I love about going home is um, everybody literally knows your name. <laughs> in the neighborhood everybody knows your name they know who your auntie is they know who your grandma is they know when your grandma gets her mail they know they know when she goes to the store they know they know all the things right and that's the community base not only mostly you see that friendliness in the south just because it is the south but that that's where the community base really started of just us always looking out for each other because at one time we had to, right? We had to watch each other's backs because we didn't have a community where, where we could be safe with our guard down. So that's the thing that 
again, other cultures look at us and they envy and they try to mimic through other things. When you look at how we do our celebrations, right, how we do things, even as sad as a home going, right, a funeral, Um, when you look at how we celebrate our weddings, right, all those trends that you see on TikTok are trends that other cultures try to mimic. And it's not the same because why it started with our pride first with community. Um, even when I look at the instance that happened in Memphis with, again, with Tyree Nichols, it makes me sad because in that instance, our community was shattered. Our, our version of the pride that we have as a community of how we can look out for each other, how we do have each other's back was shattered. And honestly, the other cultures, and I hate to say it, my my Wajites, they thrive and enjoy watching us argue and kill each other. They thrive on knowing that they're right on the stereotype. So I have to encourage you guys to stay together and to be empowered through that. I want you guys to stay locked because we have a few more things we're going to talk about. This conversation is going to get good. Stay locked. We'll be back. We don't break the laws. We just make up our own. The internet's best choice for music. She's she's the the boss. Boss. Radio Network. Hey, I'm Jenny James for Neatly Done Carpet Cleaner. You've probably been home a lot more. Maybe you have kids like me who spill all the time. And you've noticed that your carpet's eh, not looking so good. Why don't you call Neatly Done Carpet Cleaner? They use a dry extraction service. So you won't have wet carpet all day long. And you can get back to doing the things you love with your family immediately. And it's a way to make your room healthier while improving your indoor air quality. You can do tile, slate, granite, ceramic, area rugs, and yes, they're pet friendly too. Why don't you get a free no obligation estimate today? NeatlyDoneSanAntonio.com Beauties in the eye. We complicate things when all along it's just perfect as it is. Beauty is from within. It's how you feel, not as how others see you. Skincare shouldn't be complicated. She's the Boss believes skincare should be nurturing, easy to use, smell delicious, feel refreshing, and look incredible. She's the Boss Cosmetics and Skincare brings you our botanical-based skincare line that's gentle, uncomplicated, and extremely effective for men, women, and youth. Feel confident and radiate a power glow that flows from the inside out. Exude an assurance that extends from the home into the conference room. Visit us at www.she's-the-boss.com or call us at 866-494-5945 to get yours today. You could listen to one of those other stations, but what would your friends think? You could listen to one of those other stations, but what would your friends think? She's the the boss. boss. Radio Network. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to the Blue Room. I'm your host, So Blue. And tonight we are talking about the topic, We the People, Our Black Lives Matter. And before we went to break, I was just going, um, finishing up my So True segment and talking about what is the vibe African Americans provide to the world today. So I got into how we provide a creative vibe. 
our pride and community is a positive vibe that we put out there. And the last thing I wanted to share with you is we provide hope and empowerment. And it's through our creativity and through our drive for community, African-Americans are growing more and more in the entrepreneurial realm and becoming huge competition for our white counterparts. Um, I was able to do some research just to see exactly how good is our community compared to other communities as far as entrepreneurs. And one interesting fact that I came to is um, nationally, as of late, and this was back, um, the statistic was brought together in February of 2022. As of the latest census data release, there are 3.12 million Black-owned businesses in the United States. These businesses are generating about $206 billion in annual revenue and supporting our U.S. economy with jobs with up to 3.56 million jobs. Boom. Okay. And can I tell you, us as a people, we only make up 14% of the American population, right? So of the 14% in America, we're generating that much money. And I'm telling you, it's encouragement. Um, Even though you always hear people be like, support Black-owned businesses, and, you know, um, they either say it in a positive way as of, like, yeah, really support, or in a negative way, like, stop going to uh, Sally's Beauty and come over here type of deal. Um, It should still encourage you to hear that statistic that we as a culture are providing 3.5 56 million U.S. jobs each year with just our business alone. Our people take pride in business and we and the products that we offer. And the fact that we can offer products that specialize to each, not only our culture, because that's like a one day one, right? We always think about our people first. But the fact that we're providing products that other cultures are looking into and they're like, well, how can I do that? Uh, you're doing wholeness and wellness and your products offer, you know, especially our gluten-free Sally's and our, you know, I'm not eating wheat Betty's, those types of ladies, right? They look to, I hate to say it, our businesses for for trends and how to make their things pop. So I want y'all to be encouraged in those vibes that black people, we don't only offer just the negative that you see in the news. We don't only offer the turn up experiences and let's let's party and get drunk vibes, but we're smart. We're business people. We have ideas. We have ways of adding value to the economy. And that's something I want to definitely celebrate in the midst of all the darkness going on in the world today. So let's hop into my next thought, which is we, the people, we want life and the pursuit of happiness. Right. And I have to definitely point this out because um, with the nature of our history, blacks have always been stereotyped as aggressive, angry. We've been stereotyped as abusive. We've been stereotyped as scary. Right. When that's not truly who we are as a people. In fact, we, the people of black America, were happy people. We're full of intelligence, we're gifted in all aspects of living, and we're a spiritual people, Um, which I, you know me, I'm a church baby, but I have to admit, our foundation with faith, as much as I've I've heard other people who aren't as strong as a Christian as me to be like, that's the white man's faith. 
whatever. Can I tell you how our foundation with faith, our structure with how we do church, again, mostly mimicked by our white counterparts to this day, once we had the freedom to really build on and and execute how we do the worship experience, how we run our businesses, our other counterparts are looking, taking notes, and hating on the low. So can I tell you that's encouragement? That should be all the encouragement. Have you ever felt like you had to dim how great you are as a black person in America so your immediate counterparts were intimidated by you? And can I tell you I have. I have on so many levels. And I hate to say it, it did start in school. Um, Just with, you know, not wanting to rock the boat too much, like, Because I was in gifted and talented classes, not wanting to, I wanted to stand out, of course, because I needed people to know I deserve to be here. I'm just as smart as you. But I also didn't want to rock the boat too much with if my idea got shot down by one of my counterparts, me not being too upset about it. If um, I even felt slighted by a teacher who was white, if I felt like they, you know, embarrassed me in front of the class or if I felt like They didn't appreciate what I had to offer to the class. Those things I would have to dim down. Um, And I I used to hate that about myself. And even now um, that I'm working in corporate America as my full-time job, I still have to, I find myself dimming my light a little bit just so that, you know, number one, I'm not too loud in the room um, because I have a tendency if I get passionate, if I have a lot I want to say, I can talk fast. My tone can be raised a little bit higher than what y'all hear right now. Um, And again, that can be intimidating for people. You never want to come off as aggressive or that you're problematic, right? Um, And I've learned how to dim myself. Um, But I'm here to encourage you guys that as we go into this month, especially this month, our light shouldn't be dimmed. If you want to post every day, happy Black History Month, and this is my favorite person in black history you should and even if it's not black history month if it's a regular day in july on the fourth of july american independence day and you want to write about how you love george washington carver for making peanut butter you should be able to do that and not feel like you're being problematic like you're being bothersome to other people of the culture who don't believe in what you believe in And so one little topic that's going on right now in the news that I wanted to get into is this thing with um, the AP African American Studies class that the College Board is trying to get started. So let me give you guys a little bit of history, right? Because I've been telling you guys I've been in um, gifted and talented classes all my life when I was in school. So There's a test in high school called the AP test, advanced placement test. And basically it's in all your core classes. So English, math, social studies, science, Um, there's foreign language ones. And then there's other little elective ones that I can't remember like right now, but those are the main ones. Um, If you're in, Um, high school and you're in an honors class or an advanced placement class for one of those courses, you're able to take an AP test at the end of the year. And if you get a certain score with that test, you'll be able to use those credits to apply to colleges. And then you'll be able to like waive your first year of English or your first year Spanish or whatever. So it was, it was pretty hardcore. Um, And since like 
the seventh grade, they kind of build you up for, okay, when you get to high school, these are the classes you should probably be taking. You should be looking at taking these. If you want to take this test, you need to take all these classes to get on track so that when you're in the 11th grade, which is when you take it, and you can also take it in the 12th grade. But 11th grade is smart because, again, you want to be able to get in college. And by 12th grade, you're applying. So by the time you get to the 11th grade, you'll take the test, and then you'll get the credit to go to another um to go towards your college. So as of recent, the College Board, which is the organization that creates the test, um, and this is nationwide, they wanted to add an African-American studies course. And so they have been basically demoing this course and the curriculum to different professors all over the country at different universities, as well as bringing it to some of the major states and cities in America to try and test it out. Good old Florida and our good old friend, Governor Ron DeSantis. Okay, I really don't like this man. I really hope he doesn't run for president in 2024. This man's a mess. But anyway, this man has a problem with the African-American course, basically threatening to ban the class from his state by trying to say that this course is threatening Um, the compliance with Florida law. He's basically saying he doesn't want the test because he feels like um, this is prompting for others to believe that the American society has oppressed black people and it's very inappropriate. Now, can I also mention a little thing that this course would be an elective, so it's not like it's a major test like English or anything. The African-American studies course that the students would be able to take would be an elective. And if they elect to, they would be able to take the advanced placement test for future college credits. The course has already been tested in 60 schools around the country. Um, And the AP developers, the um, advanced placement developers, believe that this course will basically encourage students to learn a different part of history, right? Um, And when I first heard about this, can I just say, where was this back in 2010, in 2011 when I was in high school? Because I would have totally, I would have been so excited to even have the opportunity to have an elective like African-American studies in high school. There was no such a thing as African studies for me until I got to college. And thank God, shout out to Morgan State University. That's where I went in HBCU. Thank God for that because as soon as I got there, I had an African American studies class that I was taking and I took African American diaspora, which was an amazing class. And so again, if I went to a PWI, which is a predominantly white institution, I wouldn't have had that elective even my first years in college. I still would have been taking regular American history sprinkled in with whatever slavery uh, boogaloo that's, you know, very surface level, that would have been sprinkled in there. And so the fact that we're offering off top a way for the next generation to properly learn about our history and to have ways of learning about it and then using what they learned towards their higher education. I don't understand what the problem is, Governor DeSantis. Like, what is your problem? So one quote I wanted to read that um, about this whole topic, and this was given by uh, David Johns, and he's an executive director of the National Black Justice Coalition. He said 
to wake up on the first day of Black History Month to news of white men in positions of privilege, horse trading, essential and inextractable linked parts of Black history, which is American history, is infuriating. The lives, contributions, and stories of Black, trans, queer, and non-binary non-binary, non-conforming people matter and should never be diminished or erased. And I said yes to all the things, Mr. David Johns, because again, the the audacity and the gall of Governor DeSantis to be like, this threatens the Florida compliance for law and and even just being upset to even say that, you know, this is prompting that America oppressed uh, African-Americans. Well, you did. You absolutely did, sir. And there's no hiding that even in the regular stuff that's taught in American history in classrooms today. It the general overall theme, if not said directly, is, yes, we were oppressed. There was a lot of things we could not do. And even so, there's a lot of things we did do that in American history, those books just don't want to cover it. You know, and I don't want to be like that angry black person to be like, oh, everyone's racist. But that's kind of what it is. So stay locked, y'all. I'm going to get into the rest of this story and to our next topic. We'll be right back. You could listen to one of those other stations. But what would your friends think? You could listen to one of those other stations. But what would your friends think? She's she's the Boss Radio Network. Bored with the traditional wedding, birthday, or special occasion celebrations? Do you feel like you just don't want all of the pressure of coordinating your own event? Do your friends all seem to become professional event planners for your memorable moments? Are you thinking of getting engaged and want a romantic way of doing it? Let us design it for you. Pictures are worth a thousand words. Let our photographers help you to make a statement. Want to make an impression with a beautiful arrangement? Speak with our floral designers. Zeal Enterprises, an all-inclusive event management company that provides complete consulting and coordinating services for weddings, anniversaries, reunions, theme and birthday parties, festivals, conventions, and conferences. Our team of professionals are excited to work with you. Call today, 866-494-5945, or go online to www.zealbnr.com to begin designing your event. Remember, in everything you do, do it with zeal. Yeah, that's the sound of today's business community. It's a dog-eat-dog world, and only the strong survive. The challenge is navigating the ever-changing business environment to put your business in the forefront. So how does your business keep up with the changes? That's where She's the Boss Network comes in. She's the Boss Network is an internet media network that's been helping businesses like yours get the exposure that you're looking for at reasonable cost by way of radio and video. They'll help you stay successful by navigating change and seeing the big picture. After She's the Boss Network analyzes your business and marketing strategies, you'll start to see a media presence like you've never seen in your business before. And She's the Boss Network doesn't stop there. They use their findings to create a practical plan of action, a plan that will get your business from where you are to where you need to be. There you go. 
lock those dogs up for good by giving She's the Boss Network a call at 866-494-5945, extension 101, or by checking their website at she's the boss radio.com. Again, that's 866-494-5945, extension 101, or she's the boss radio.com. You could listen to one of those other stations, but what would your friends think? You could listen to one of those other stations, but what would your friends think? She's, she's the, the boss. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Blue Room. I'm your host, So Blue, and you're tuned in to another edition of my podcast brought to you by She's the Boss Radio. Tonight, our show topic is We the People, Our Black Lives Matter. And we were just talking about the discussion of We the People Want Justice um, and Peace and the Pursuit of Happiness. Okay, and so I was getting into this story of basically the college board and this AP advanced placement test of how they wanted to add African-American studies as an elective for students to take the test. And our good old Governor DeSantis in Florida is basically trying to ban it in his state. So um, when we left off, I was basically just saying that this test is beneficial, Point blank period. I really hope that it comes to the Maryland area. Maryland has not been enlisted yet as one of the states to demo it for our high school students. But can I tell you that it honestly brings me joy to know that any child, no matter what race, can elect to take this class. And if they pass, use the knowledge that they've learned to use towards college credits. You don't know how many future law enforcement officers, how many future politicians, lawyers, doctors, how just knowing a little bit more about our culture, learning why our mannerisms are the way they are, why we think the way we think, or how certain creativity um, highlights come about, just to know that our next generation has this opportunity is a blessing. And I was in high school, oh Lord, it was over 10 years ago. But when I was in high school, this was not a thing. Okay, can I tell you, my only option was to take it in English and social studies. If you pass, you pass. If you don't, oh well. Like, there was no such a thing as an elective for African American studies. You have regular American history, learn that. That's it. So I'm so excited to hear about this. I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on this story. If there's any updates, I'm definitely going to share it with y'all. But um, yeah, I, I'm so in love with the fact that this is even a conversation that's going on. Um, so to wrap things up for tonight, I just want to finalize that we the people want peace, period. And my first question that as soon as I wrote that for a topic, I was like, well, What's the true answer to obtaining peace? And this is something that I know we as a people want, but it's so hard to put into action wanting peace when you have years and centuries and decades of pinned up anger. So I first had to, because you know me, I'm a words girl. I had to look up the true definition of what peace is. And peace is freedom from disturbance. It's calmness or tranquility. And it's a state or period in which there is no war or war has ended. So not to mean like there won't be a war, but the war has ended. And when I thought about that, I was like, you know, us as a people, we've never not known war. 
right? Even since we were taken from our homeland, when you look at us going from having a homeland to slavery and then coming out of slavery, but then still battling civil rights issues that we still battle to this day, right? We've never really known, our our people as a whole have never really known, not known war. So at this point, our definition of peace to me is defined as we just want the war to end at this point. Um, in order to obtain this peace, though, our people daily fight for justice. And it's Justice is on so many levels. Like, we can't even just look at it from the Trayvon Martin aspect or the George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Tyree Nichols, Tamir Rice, right? We can't just look at it from those broad, um, broadcasted situations, right? Even just the small levels of peace, like we're at Costco and we have to fight for a white lady not to cut us off. You know, a Karen in the store who claimed she was here first and she knows she wasn't. You know, like, we have to fight those little battles. Um, people driving on the road. I just had an instance while I was traveling with my family. A white driver uh, cut us off. And mind you, we went around him because he was going too slow. I guess he didn't like that. Had the nerve to speed up, go around us, cut us off, and then slow down. Mind you, and like a 70 mile highway uh 70 miles per hour highway so hits the brakes and slows down basically wanting us to hit him of course we didn't but then had the nerve to stick his little white finger out at us and stick the middle finger at us out the window i said jesus fix it i, I was so beside myself and my parents were in the car so i couldn't cuss like i wanted to because i have all the road rage so i was just like lord hold my tongue but I was just like the nerve and the audacity. And even my parents were like, fl- like thrown. They were just like, I can't believe that just happened. Like what? And then had the nerve to speed off after he did that huge scene, every car around him stopping too because they scared. Then he going to speed off down the highway like ain't nothing happened. And a raggedy Volvo too, y'all. May I say, your car is not even like that, sir. Like, your whole car could have just fell apart just now because your Volvo looks like it's from 1996. As I digress, though. Those are the small justices that we still have to fight in our communities to this day. And one thing that I'm really concerned about as I raise a little black girl in America is I don't want our next generation to be embittered um, because our forefathers, our grandparents, our, you know, even some of our parents went to school during segregation days and, and during the, the hard, hardest times of civil rights. And some of them have been embittered. But they were embittered because of how bad things were back then. And I'm not saying things for this generation isn't bad now, but we have to let this generation know that we've worked too hard for you to be angry all the time. We've worked too hard to give you the lives and the stability that our forefathers wanted for you just to be angry all the time and embittered and just bitter at the world, right? We must teach them that the journey to peace is not a race. But it does take time and it takes acting and making smart moves. Speaking our truth in the right way is the main thing that I'm teaching my daughter. Because um, she can be a little little sassy, a little spicy. Okay, just a little spicy. And I have to teach her that, you know, yeah, I understand your tone. I get what you're saying. 
But there's a way to communicate with your teacher and say, hey, the way you did that hurt my feelings. I didn't like how that made me feel. Compared to you just going rah, 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 I hate you, and trying to kick the lady in the kneecaps. You can't do that. Okay, can't do that. You got to be able to use your words, say how you're feeling in the most intelligent way because that's more respected. And then if they choose not to respond to you or not to um, acknowledge how you feel, then you have more grounds to stand on instead of acting like a fool because you're mad. So there were some things that I want to run by you of just how exactly can we seek peace the right way, right? And the first thing that I want to start want to say is that you start in your community, your immediate neighborhood, your immediate county that you live in. Who's your legislative in your county? Who's who's if there's any, who's the black person on your team in your county? Okay, get to know that person. And if the head legislator in your county isn't a black person, it's a white person, get to know them. Get to know what they want. What are they looking for? I can speak for me. Shouts out to Howard County. Calvin Ball is one of our head legislators in Howard County. Black guy. I always see him in the community. Um, always. He's my friend on Facebook, by the way. Like He be shouting me out on my birthday. I be feeling some type of way. I'm like, ooh, thank you. So... I get to know the people in your community. Let them know your name. Let them know that you're there. Let ask the nice question of not just what can you do for me? How can I help you? What's ways that I can help you make things better for where we live right here in this neighborhood? And then when you go from there, research different African-American groups within your neighborhood, right? You got to get to know (coughs) the people who claim to do good for you. Meet them. Ask them again, can I join? How can I help put the word about you? Is there something I can share on social media? I can speak for me in Howard County. One of our head African-American groups is the African-American Community Roundtable. And their mission is to enhance the quality of life for African-Americans throughout Howard County through raising awareness around education, health, economic development, public safety, and social justice. So, boom. When I figured that out when I was doing this for the show, I was like, bet, let me reach out to them. Let me see, are y'all doing anything this month I can help with? What about Women's History Month? I know there's women on y'all team. What y'all doing for Women's History Month? Black Music Month is in June. What we doing? You know what I'm saying? Get involved with your communities. Get to know them on a name-to-name basis. And once you do that, vote, vote, vote. Can I say voting? Again, vote. Please vote. And don't just vote when it's time for the president. You need to be voting at every county ballot, every uh, state ballot where we're picking out our state governors and senators and things of that nature. You need to be in a poll voting. And shame on you if you get in a poll and you're like, well, I'm just going to do A, B, C, D, B, C because I don't know none of these people. Shame on you. And I used to be one of those people when I first started voting. I'm like, I'm going to just vote for whoever's name sounds black. Terrible of me, right? I mean, it's good that I'm voting for black people, but I could be voting for a black person that acts like a Trump supporter, for all I know, right? So get to know the people that are trying to represent your neighborhoods and represent your states. And last thing I want to say is encourage your children to always look at our culture Um, to be represented in everything that they do. Let them know that if it's a book report and you want to pick a book by 
uh, Maya Angelou or you want to pick a book by Zora Neale Hurston, that's perfectly fine. We support that, right? We support. If you want to read that and tell your teacher about what you learned about that, there is no shame in our culture. There is no shame in who we are as a, te- as a people. Teach them to be and take pride in being a black girl or boy in America from the way they look to how they carry themselves to how they speak right? It's all in what we teach at home. If we're teaching them to speak like two chains, they're going to speak like two chains in the job interview when they get 18, 19, right? We don't want that. We want them to be intelligent. We want them to know what they're talking about. We want them to be able to wear their skin color and their hair with pride, no matter what America tries to throw at us. So before I get out of here, I didn't give y'all any affirmations and I want to drop them before I get out of here. And the first one is... The story of my people is what makes me the beautiful creature I am today. From the beginning where we were in Africa till now where we are, um, we are a beautiful story. We're a beautiful people. Always hold on to that. The second one is my life will be bettered, will be the bettered reflection of America's pre-notions of my culture. So just know whatever America pre-noted about who they think we are, just know we know who we are and that our life will and can reflect the better side, the brighter and positive side of who we are as African Americans. And the last affirmation I have for y'all is God has already favored us as a people. The beauty and the ashes of our story will always shine above all else. So keep that in mind. God can turn any trial, any tribulations, um, those ashes, they will always be beauty. So keep that in mind, y'all. This has been such a great episode. I'm so glad that you guys stuck with me. Um, Happy Black History Month again. And make sure y'all stay in touch with me and follow me. You can follow me on Facebook at The Blue Room Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at So Blue So True. And you can also follow the show page at The Blue Room Official. Until then, y'all, I want everyone to stay safe, stay blessed, and stay up. And I will see you soon. Bye. You could listen to one of those other stations, but what would your friends think? You could listen to one of those other stations, but what would your friends think? She's the the boss. Boss. Radio Network. Network.